This is a Bulldog Radio Podcast. It's the MVSP Season 3, Episode 22. Brandon, you're in the studio with me as always, but today we got a very special guest, Brody Kaiser, Sports Editor of the Torch, man of many talents. Brody, how's it going? Good. How about you guys? Doing great. Good. Finally, ha- good to have you on the MVSP. Obviously, we've collaborated on the Fire Pit with the Torch. It's been also a good podcast. Shameless yeah, plug. Joe hasn't been on Shameless the, plug. You haven't been on the Fire Pit yet. Nope. Oh, we might have to get you on. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Might have to be a possibility, yeah, but might have to. But on today's episode, we have an exclusive interview with Ferris State football running back Tyler Miner. So, without further ado, let's send you to the interview. Now joining us in the studio today, Tyler Miner, senior running back for the Ferris State football team. Tyler, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you all for having me. Yeah, I appreciate having you. And I mean, right now, we're in we're in the thick of it, the end of the regular season, postseason coming. What's what's the vibe been around the team right now? Oh man, it's been it's been good. You know, everybody's just trying to get this last game under their belt so we can get ready for the playoffs, you know, see who we play. I know we got a bye week, you know, number one team in the nation. So that's that's pretty good. For sure. So it's been good at practice. Yeah, for sure. And the team's going to be playing Wayne State at Top Taggart this Saturday. Definitely going to be a pretty packed packed house, rock the top as always. But, you know, they're not the most dangerous team to be playing in, in the conference, but it's a conference game nonetheless. What have you and the team kind of been working on to prepare for this weekend? Um, so the offense has been working on, like, picking up blitzes because they, they are big blitz teams. So mm-hmm. we've just been doing a lot of blitz, period, cover zero periods, and just trying to identify who we got to pick up. And so – we can give Jared, Malik, or Evan the time to pass it or for sure make the right reads and stuff. So that's all we've really been doing on offense and then just going over to the plays, just make sure we on top of our game. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, you just mentioned um, some of the quarterbacks you guys have had and not willing to just play one, not two, but play all of them. I mean, how's that been like to have three different quarterbacks with you that are calling plays and, I mean, giving you the football? Oh, uh, man. So with Jared... Obviously, he can run. That sure. man can run. Yeah, he can yeah, also yeah. throw. But a lot of our plays is RPO. So mm-hmm. most of them is going to be Jared. He'll pull them. So that's with Jared. Malik, he's the thrower. Yeah. But he also can run. But he will give the ball. So that's a good thing. And Evan, he can do both. Evan can do both. So you you don't know what to expect with Evan. He might give it. He might throw it. He might run it. So, For sure. So that's the only big thing. But they all... They all got the same mindset. They want to win, and it's just easy to play with. So speaking of Jared Bernhardt, like he when he first came into the locker room, and when you were there was kind of speculations that he'd be coming and joining on the team. What was uh, the reaction, especially from just like the offense, from you, the running backs, and just kind of the offense and the team as a whole of wow, we got a guy who's you know lacrosse player of the year coming in to play football, and he hasn't played since high school. So when they told me Jerry was coming in, I didn't know who he was at first. I didn't know he played lacrosse in Maryland. So he he came in for the summer for a little bit, worked out with the team. He was doing he was doing good in the, you know mm-hmm. in the summer, and when he had left because I guess COVID happened and. Mm-hmm. He had he went to go finish his last year at lacrosse. I'm in mean, Maryland playing lacrosse, and when he came back, I, I was like, okay, he's a lacrosse player. So 
I don't know how he's gonna. How that's gonna correlate? Yeah, yeah. To the football field, and they told me he haven't played what four years. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it was like, okay, so I'm kind of iffy. But when he first came out and made the cuts he made, I'm like, oh man. That's a bad man. Because he's so quick. He runs like he got a lacrosse stick in his hand. Yeah. If you ever watch him. And the reads he make is just I'm a running back and yeah. I don't I don't even barely make them reads and like cuts and the, his vision is crazy. So yeah. when he when they said he was coming in, I'm like, okay, we'll see what he got. Yeah, uh, for we sure. had we had Malik and Evan, so I'm like, we don't need another quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the one thing, especially like we, what me and Brandon have been able to see and just talking with a lot of fans is like how quickly he's able to move laterally for yeah. a quarterback. Just the amount of power that he has just to move right to left and be able to, you know, scramble out of the pocket. It's just absolutely insane. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's, yeah, he's, he's been awesome. And I know you guys have loved being around him. Um, of course, we'd love to get a little bit more out of him from media perspective, but hey, that's cool. You can be <laughs> by yourself. Will not talk. Like, he, he's no. so serious. He's, like, so, he's, all he's the time. locked in. Locked in. He's an understatement. It's, Man, it's, I, Somebody told me like he had blisters at camp, and he was like, "My our teammate was like, Jared, you don't have to go hard." He was like, "No, we got to win." Like he was already locked all about in. It, all I, about it. That's when I knew he was that. Like he was that, that guy. guy. So for sure, yeah. Just a uh, just. Just what a guy. What yeah. a guy. But, <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, um, I mean, you had a, obviously Tyler coming up from Flint, um, going to Carmen Ainsworth High School, where I have to stand out there. And then you decided to go to Dodge City Community College in Kansas before coming here. What was that experience? What eventually brought you here to Big Rapids from Kansas? So, um, in high school, I was a quarterback. Ryan Brady, I don't know if you know Ryan Brady. Mm-hmm. He was always in my office, always trying to, you know, make me commit to him. And I, I finally committed. But as, like, school was getting to the wire and stuff, I was, uh, like, a credit short. And I had good grades, but my ACT was low. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they, uh, niece had referred me to go to Iowa Western. So I was at Iowa Western first, playing, oh, rece- really? playing receiver. And I didn't like it because I, I didn't know what position I played because I yeah. came from quarterback. So mm-hmm. they, they moved me to receiver. I didn't like it. So I went home for a year, and I was working. I was like, I can't do this no more. So I emailed Dodge City, and they hit me back, like, within 15 minutes. Like, we got a running back position here for you if you want to come play. Wow. And he actually knew uh, Nice. So, wow. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. Crazy how that and all works out. And then after I graduated uh, from Dodge, TA was always on me, like, what are you doing? We still want you here. See you playing running back. We we need a running back, and he just stuck with me from all them years. I was like, I have to come here. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, the loyalty factor, and that's huge. Yeah. That's cool. And we're glad. We're glad that you did end up becoming a bulldog, and you've played so many games in a bulldog uniform. And there's so many games that you have played that are so memorable. What are some that kind of stick out to you? Which one's been your most favorite game to be a part of? So, when I first got here in '19, I didn't know the plays for real, so I didn't really play against Finley or Ashland. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we went all the way to Central Central Washington. Oh yeah, the game on ESPN three. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 and I didn't play until like what the the end of the third, starting the first, um, two carries, two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. That's all I can remember. Like it was like here, this is what you got to do. You just run it. I'm oh, sorry, but I got you. <laughs> so <laughs> he called the play. The the back end broke open. I just hit it. He's like, okay, now you're doing something here, Tyler. <laughs> so he was like, he pulled somebody out, actually, like, let Tyler run it again. Same play. 
same results. Was, so I would say that was my most uh, memorable game because it's like that that made me who I am today. Like, mm-hmm. For sure. You know. For sure. And a win this weekend against uh, uh, Wayne State is going to seal the deal for another GLIAC championship for Ferris State, going to have another undefeated regular season. Uh, that'll be three championships in a row. What can you say about the culture of Ferris State football that has really led to this span of dominance in the conference? The brotherhood. The brotherhood is like the key factor of us winning. Like, you can have D linemen hanging out with the receivers. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I hang out with like Liam Daly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's my guy. I love mm-hmm. Liam. Like, Everybody gets along. It's not like you got your own crew. Position groups, yeah. yeah. You know, not really too many niches at yeah, all. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you don't go and hang out with them after you actually like like the O line would tell me, come 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 hang with us, come hang with us, or For sure. the D line would like you know Tyler, we having some at our house, you know, watching the game or something. Come watch it with us. It's just everybody just connect as a team and. They just welcome everybody. Like nobody felt unwelcome at this on this team, and that's why I feel like we're dominating everybody. For sure, know? that's awesome, man. But um, final question for you, Tyler. Um, we would like to ask every Ferris State athlete on this. Now, a pretty tough question, so we can give you some time here. But what is your favorite thing about being a Ferris State Bulldog? Mm. <laughs> 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 oh man, I gotta say, TA. TA he he keeps me he keep me on the right path. He always motivates me. He always joking around. And that's just really why I'm here for real. It's Coach Anise, and I gotta give him all the praise for it. Without him, it wouldn't be Tyler, at, or I wouldn't be in the Bulldog uniform at all. So I would have to say uh, Tony Anise. Yeah, sure. that's one thing that we've heard a lot from. I mean, especially off here talking to a lot of the football guys, they have high praise for Coach Anise, and all that he's done for the guys too is is just something that's really respectable and something that you know as fans we can really get behind. So, Tyler, thank you so much for coming on uh, the show thank today. You for having Greatly me. appreciate it uh, for you taking time out of your day. We know you're busy with the season, getting in the getting the wee moments till the postseason. So we thank you so much. Yes, tune in to Saturday, Senior Day. So. Yeah, it might have a big game for me. So for sure, Stay rock the top, room. rock there the top. There it is, rock the top. Be there, rock the top for sure. Thank y'all. Special thanks to Tyler for coming on the show. We certainly enjoyed spending time with him and getting to talk some football. But if there is another athlete that we should interview on the show, don't hesitate to let us know at the MVSP on Twitter or Instagram, or even a coach or an athletic staff member. Anybody, we'd be happy to have them. But before we get into the Ferris State Sports Report, there is something that needs to be discussed, and this was really personal to me. And uh, we figured we might as well talk to him about it right away because it's been eating at me for a couple of days thinking about what happened on this in this race, and it bothers me. So Shout it out. For those people that don't know, the, the Michigan High School cross-country state finals were this, or this last weekend at MIS at the Speedway in Brooklyn. And in the Division II race, there it came down to there was a battle for second between two guys, um, Garrett Winter from Parchment and then Connor Summers from Fremont, who I actually know. Um, and raced against in high school. And both of them were competing down the final stretch for second, and Garrett Winter made a clutch pass at the in the final 100 meters and ended up beating him at the line. And he was so overwhelmed about it. And he quoted, I believe, in an article that was written about this situation that he said he was overcome with excitement and he was flooded with emotions after what I had achieved and all the memories of my career were flooding into my mind as I crossed the line. Let out a couple of explicatives. Not mm-hmm. at Connor Summers, not at anybody, not at any official, just in pure emotion flooding 
let out a couple explicatives and uh, they caught those out in the line of course with the finish line cam and you could hear the audio mm-hmm. he was disqualified Tough. his time is erased his performance is scratched from the history books forever not from not from the people that watched but on paper hmm. to the MHSAA you messed up that's, that's wrong I know it's a rule and I know it's on paper as a rule that profan- the profan- anti-profanity rule is in place I get it but I've been there I've been in this situation before. I haven't didn't have the same reaction. I know what Garrett Winter feels like. I can 100% say that. I had one of my my best senior race that or my best race of my senior season in high school was at the state meet. I ran the best meet of my life. It was after one of the worst races at regionals. I came back and ran one of my best races of all time. One of my favorite races ever. And I was so over I was I was emotional at the line and after that I I was crying to myself. It was one of the best moments of my life. And obviously, I didn't take it the same. I had a different reaction than Garrett did, obviously. I didn't let out any explicatives. I kept it more in, in personal. But that's just me. Like, I'm not the guy that would do that sort of thing, but there's some people that do. And I, I feel terrible for him. And this rule is absolute garbage. The fact that you have the situation of a guy that's been working so long for this moment, and the fact that it comes in the biggest meet of the year and you're so overwhelmed with emotion that it comes out like that. We know it's an accident, and we know that it wasn't intent because it wasn't directed at anybody. It was clearly not directed at anybody. And the fact that they still came out and said that it was part of the rule is absolute garbage and terrible representation. It was an accident. We get it. He probably shouldn't have said it. I know that profanity is not the best thing. But taking away that performance from him because of that one little moment are you kidding me that's wrong yeah that's pretty bad i think that's pretty dumb rule it's wrong that's like the one thing especially like in high school sports and stuff is like there's a lot of times where like you just can't really like control yourself and like yeah shouting out expletives and stuff i think if like just out of exclamation and stuff and just like out of being like happy and like i mean you just play second at a state meet against you know, a hundred, two hundred, three hundred other racers, and you know that like what you've been able to you know put towards a sport and put towards your lifestyle to be able to get to that point. Like now, it's just like it's over. Like my high school career is over. Like I just kind of got to deal with that and just everything that's flooding in. It's a very stressful. And it's a very like, I mean, it's like come to terms moment. And everybody, like you said, Brandon, everybody comes to terms with it differently. And I think, yeah, definitely, MHSA really needs to take a look at what they're really trying to stand for when they come to competing because. You know, expletives are, to me, something about competing that just adds something to it. And I'm not saying that it's like a, you have to, like, swear at people or anything like that. But just, like, when you had those moments, like, to yourself where you're just trying to, like, come to terms with stuff, it's like everybody deals with it differently. So I think definitely what MHSA has to do is kind of look, rewrite the rules a little bit and look at this and try to have a teaching moment and a learning moment from it rather than just try to sweep it under the rug and make people forget about it. Because when you have so many people that are so clearly against the rule, and so many people who want it to be changed, then you definitely know that you got to start looking at it and think of what what can you do to make it so that way people can finally agree with stuff like that because it's not going to be something that people agree with for a long time, obviously. But I don't know. That's one thing that the MHSA for a long time has really dropped the ball on is just kind of dealing with that type of stuff. And erasing it from the record books and erasing his performance is definitely not the approach to take. They got to think of other ways to do that. But I don't know. MHSA drops the ball on a lot of things. So I'm not surprised that they dropped the ball on this one. Yeah, I mean, it definitely sucks for him that, you know, he works so hard for, he, he's a senior, right, yep. yeah. this year, he works so hard for 
seven, eight, nine years, however long he's been racing for, just to have the best moment of his life taken away because he he messed up for half a second and, and swore on the finish line, you know? I mean, swearing at someone, inexcusable. Sure. Yeah, swearing, swearing because the emotions take over. I mean, even professional athletes lose control of themselves in the moment. Like, look oh, at Nikola yeah. Jokic the other night. Yeah. Um, I Obviously, completely different situations, but the point is the same. Like, you can't always control those emotions to a point where you're limiting yourself of what you're saying. Sometimes you're just mad or super excited and those things slip out and it just sucks that his his greatest moment was taken away because of that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and looking at the rule, this is what like the MHSA like generic statement of the rule that's I believe in Article 2, 4-6 that said unacceptable conduct by a competitor includes not limited to willful failure to fe- follow the directions of a meat official using profanity that is not directed at someone or any action which could bring discredit to the individual of his or her school. Really? Discrediting the individual or the school. Okay. Should that be up to the school then? The school knows Garrett better than the MHSA does or that official does. Do they know the intent? I mean, we watched the video. I've watched the video plenty yeah. of times. It wasn't close. There was nobody around, and there was no clear direction. It was straight through the line. Mm-hmm. I have a problem with this. Yeah. MHSA, I hope, needs to change this. Because yeah. deleting that result for how this whole situation went down is terrible. And I know Connor Summers was talking, or I, I heard him talk about this, yeah. and I saw him post something on social media that said, Free Garrett. Like, he's, he literally supported it, and he was supposedly the one that would have been sweared at? Yeah. That's yeah. a problem. I think I, I a lot of people who are going to, I mean, it just kind of depends on how everybody takes an approach to this, because I guarantee that if they did, you know, like, try to appeal this and bring it to MHSA, and I don't know how, like, the actual process is if they have to, like, go to, like, court or something like that, but if they try to appeal, I know that there's going to be thousands if not if not hundreds of thousands of people who will be in support of this because i know that the cross-country like fan base and like the culture and uh, of cross-country in michigan runs really deep i know there's a lot of people who would you know hear about this especially being athletes it'll be spread around really fast so i know if they really try to appeal this and they bring it to you know like i said i don't know if they have to go like court or if they have to like bring it up to the mhsa but i know that if people really try to get on on the side of getting this appeal, I think it'll go through. But yeah. I don't know what the process is for that. Yeah, and people know me that can attest to this is like I don't appreciate I don't appreciate some profanity. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not a guy that uses profanity, and I I hate to hear stuff like that. But just the fact that I hope this realizes that 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 we're bringing this out um, as us men on the podcast on how our views are on this. I hope it shows like how disruptive this is to the level of high school sports and its image. Yeah. Like, cause this is wrong. I don't understand why this is taken away from him. I really feel bad for him. I don't even know the kid and I feel terrible for him because he don't deserve, he doesn't deserve that. It doesn't deserve that because of a faulty role that doesn't really have to explain anything. Yeah. It's terrible. But sure. anyway, let's get on a higher note. Ferris State Sports this weekend. We'll start on the gridiron. Another easy win for the Bulldogs. I mean, really just taking care of business on the second trip to Davenport. And I mean, really, you looking at this team, they're looking they're really looking past this weekend against Wayne State and it's postseason bound. This is the time to get ready, get rolling, and stay hot. Yeah, for sure. I think the the attitude just 
stay hot for postseason, don't kind of look past this as an easy win because anytime we do that, like we saw with Saginaw, it's going to be a lot closer than we want it to be. So I think they're going to take it as usual, you know, business as usual, come in, get the job done, get the W, and then get out and then get, just get ready for playoffs because once playoffs starts, it's a whole new ball game. It's the best of the best that are going to be playing. It doesn't matter really the seeding or where you play. I mean, we saw that when West Florida came to town two years ago, we thought we were going to have an easy win. It was like 10 degrees or something like that. And we thought that they were going to be just freezing and they wouldn't be able to handle the cold. But they came in, got the W, and, you know, it's just going to be a whole different whole different ball game when playoffs comes around. But I know that the, we're going to be able to rock the top, get it rolling, and that's what I'm really excited for, especially for Wayne State this weekend, which we should be able to win if we play solid. If Jared plays pretty good, just got to make sure that he handles the ball pretty well, doesn't really kind of run with it down to his side, be able to hold that on. And if we can get some solid, solid plays on defense, get us rolling for playoffs, I think we'll be pretty set. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, Ferris, best team in the nation, no, sure. no doubt about that. But like you said, playoffs is a totally different game, uh, and that goes for any sport, not just football. But uh, once once you start playing in the playoffs, man, it, it's a diff- it's a completely different game. Um, you get teams in there that you'd never normally see, that you don't know how to scout against, you don't really know um, how they play as much as your you know conference rivals and stuff like that. So. It's going to be interesting to see what we do this year. Obviously, we were let down a little bit two years ago, yeah, uh, falling short of expectations. But we could have won that national championship, yeah, for sure. If we won yep. that game, we won the national for championship. Sure. Yep. Uh, but you know, you know, Anise, you know, he's going to be, have these guys ready to go, and for I'm sure. I'm excited for this year. I, I I really want to take that trip to Texas. So. Oh, same. I really I want to take. I'm not. Wait, if if we go, are you guys taking the bus or are you just going to drive yourself? Uh, that's. T- I don't know. Oh, that's a tough one. I might drive. Yeah, I, I say, like, I'll probably drive too with somebody. I, I feel like the bus would be super cool, but. It might be nicer just to have your yeah. car down there. Because, like, the know. bus, you'll have, like, f- family and, like, parents and stuff like that and, like, yeah. older mm-hmm. fans. But if, like, you just take a car down, like, if you want to leave, like, almost a week early and then just make, a, like, a week trip out of it, go yeah. sightseeing, right. then, like, Have you the do freedom that. to go wherever you want, whenever yeah. you want, mm-hmm. instead of more of a scheduled type. Yeah, Definitely can be a benefit. But, yeah, I mean, looking at this team, I mean, we're seeing a lot of the things that we saw two years ago. We're seeing dominance. We're seeing awesome playmaking i mean i don't know how many times that we've been able to say yeah and that was a 30 plus yard touchdown i mean we had over we had a couple of those in this game and even on the other side of the ball an interception return and a special teams touchdown on a punt return so the big plays have always been there the consistency on offense and defense has been there as long as we hold on to the football and play clean from first snap to final whistle we're gonna be okay yep when mm-hmm. we didn't play do crisp. that was West Florida. And yeah. that's the reason we didn't get to go to that national championship game. So if we can do those things and continue to play how we play, we have the depth to keep it rolling. We have guys to fill in at any moment in time. We've already seen that. We lost Bernhardt in, earlier this year. We lost Marvin Campbell. We lost Cy Burnett. We lost these guys, and there's been no setback. We have the We got depth. the depth. We got the players to really take it to them when we need to, so that's a good thing. Yep. We have the ability just Stay the course, be smart, play clean. We're going to be in good shape. But Keep the foot on the gas. Absolutely. So that game will be at home against Wayne State at 1 o'clock. Going to be a fun one. I mean, Wayne State hasn't been the most dominant team. I know I watched them when they played Saginaw Valley. They definitely threw some curveballs early, but Saginaw Valley certainly put the foot on the gas after that. So um, it should be a very favorable game for us. And, if, and I think really we're going to see probably uh, – pretty much a normal first couple halves and then if it gets to what we expect and you mm-hmm. kind of know where i'm going here 28-0 whatever for sure we could see we it'll be interesting to see what coach Anise decides to do and if he wants to keep the guys fresh keep them playing or he wants to maybe sit them out risk 
um, excuse me, um, take away the risk of injury or whatever and see those things, especially with playoffs coming in only a week from then. So it's going to be a fun game. I mean, it's going to certainly be an interesting game to see who gets, who's going to play, who's not going to play just based on the circumstances. We already clinched the, the GLIAC title or at least a share of already. If we win this game outright, we win it outright. So, um, going to be fun. I mean, I'm really looking forward to see what Mm -hmm. happens, but it's going to be certainly one for fans to attend to. Because, I mean, hey, we got hockey that night as well. I mean, they're, the top. They're gonna, it's going to be a fun contest against Michigan State. They're going to be traveling to East Lansing on Thursday, which will be tonight when this episode drops. And then they will be back on Saturday at home at 7.07. So make sure you be there because it's going to be a fun game. I would probably expect maybe about 2,000 people. I know, I, think the, our, uh, I know the middle section is sold out. And then student tickets are close to sold out. Mm-hmm. And then the, whatever it is, West Side or whatever, the opposite side of the student section is almost sold out too. Yeah, so. I saw on Instagram today or maybe last night that uh, Ferris Hockey had posted there's only 100 tickets left for sale, something, yeah, like, something that. like that. Mm-hmm. So should, yeah. should if you're be a student, be on the lookout because they'll be putting out free tickets on the campus probably oh, yeah. sometime. Yeah, yeah. Be That's alert. what they usually do. But yeah, I'm pretty excited for this game. Michigan State's been not as good as they have been like two or three years ago if i'm if i'm not mistaken i know they had some pretty good seasons but they did lose like two to six or two to five against michigan i think they lost that that two game span against them uh last weekend so but also michigan is arguably the best team in the nation right now five guys six seven i can't remember the exact number however many guys are drafted on that team yep so it's it's going to be a test obviously they're not going to be a rollover team but it's going to be a good situation for us to you know get some people in the stands especially having a lot of people there be able to show them that bulldog hockey is back and it's going to be you know a lot of pressure on them but i think they'll be able to handle it talking to some guys talking to harrison last week or sorry not last week last monday being able to just kind of really hammer at home that if they can get this W against Michigan State who has the name of the Big Ten team who's a big D1 school even though we did win against Minnesota State and we have really been improving if we get this win in front of on home ice in front of you know two three thousand fans it's gonna be pretty solid and I think we're gonna be able to pack the pack Aoglaven for for a lot more games to come if we can get a W this Saturday yeah man Ferris hockey obviously looking a lot better this year than they did last year be hard not to though mm-hmm. yeah um, I mean one, one <laughs> win against a D3 school yeah, exactly yeah. It, it's still it's still nice to see them actually playing well though yeah for sure um, obviously the big win against Minnesota State on Friday last week um, tough one on Saturday but you know it kind of felt like that was expected yeah, by Minnesota, from, from I mean, the yeah Minnesota State being top two or top three team they're not going to win lose two in no, a row to, no. to us so um, so it feels like this is kind of a, a bounce back game for us in a way yeah especially like you said with how many fans we're expecting um, we can put on a show I think we can get, yeah. we can get Bulldogs Bulldog hockey the name back out there and, mm-hmm. and put some respect this back a, on the name this is a very this is a very winnable sweep very yes. easy to get I mean, it's not going to be very easy, but it's a very opportune time to get two wins, and then especially coming into Northern Michigan uh, next weekend, it's going to be there's there's a lot of opportunity here, and if they can get it done, then they're going to be in pretty pretty solid shape for when CCHA play starts picking up. Yeah, yep. and I mean, you look at it on paper, like um, as far as common opponents go, Michigan State did play Miami of Ohio earlier mm-hmm. this year, and they beat them three to one and two to one. And those were two games that we won one game and then and should have won the second should have won the, the second one. game. So there you go. Right on paper, these are very two comparable teams, and that's pretty crazy to think about. Yeah. Little Ferris State against big-time Michigan State. And yeah. the fact that it's even on paper, you can definitely support why these stands should be packed to the limits. Mm-hmm. 
on Saturday. It's going to be a fun one. I know all three of us are go. All three of us are going to be there, right? Yeah, I'm working yep. it. Check Absol- the check absolutely. the live tweets. That's all me. Live tweets. I'll, I'll hey, be I'll making be sure that people are all really informed. Yep, I'll be running audio production, so it's going to be it's going to be a fun one, and we're really looking forward to seeing how this team plays tonight and how they're going to be able to react on Saturday. But are you wait? Are you writing both games, Brody, or are you just there to watch? Uh, Dylan's going to Michigan State. On Thursday to cover it, I'll be covering the one here. All right, nice. so you'll get a Very piece. Nice. Of, you'll get a piece of Brody's writing on this game, depending on how the the result goes. If it's good or bad, obviously we hope for good, but it's going to certainly be fun. But moving over into soccer, um, nice bounce back game. Big um, W's only against Davenport in the opening quarterfinal round at home, and uh, I mean that's really a great way to um, hypothetically looking at as far as the, the pictures, the hypotheticals that this could be our last home regular or our last game at home this season just mm-hmm. based on um, some of the standings and how the region is laid out um, so this is a really if this is we hope it's not obviously because we want them mm-hmm. to keep rolling and beat GV and just keep on rolling um, but if if it's not it's a great way to end off at home I mean the 5 nothing win and I mean start off faster than fast is an understatement I mean Izzy Zamborini scoring literally within the first 30 seconds of the game mm-hmm. set the tone right away and I know this team really really needed that after a, just a tough draw to GV and I mean we we played really well in that game too and just the fact we came out with a draw just just, just unfortunate that they came and answered us late but mm-hmm. great job on the offensive side we really put chances up and we really were able to put the shots on net and I mean not all of them fell which is crazy because I mean you're talking five goals but yeah. I mean this team got to play a lot of different players got to have see a lot of bench players getting in some playing time and that was really good to see just based on keeping everybody healthy because um, I know one of the, um, the biggest things going into this game was this is like the third game in the last five days that this team has played like they've yeah. been they've just been back to back to back playing so being able to get some fresh bodies in there um getting some some ladies some playing time that normally don't have that that ability to get some of that playing time in postseason was really important because you want to keep these players fresh and because burnout can happen i mean they mm-hmm. they've been playing for, sure. for over two months now and like that stuff that stuff really gets real when it comes to postseason time you gotta stay healthy in these situations yeah. well, especially when it gets cold out too i mean for sure yeah it's just tough to play in the cold and when you're playing that much too it's it's brutal i'm sure yeah and that's the one thing too about like to go off your point i remember I did the uh, I did post game press conference with Greg Henson. What? No big deal. No big deal. Shameless plug. <laughs> I recognized your voice. Anyways, but I one of my questions was like, how nice is it to really you know have a nice day for once and not have to play you know on the on the cold hard ground with it being all wet and I mean even snowing too. And he said like it's a really nice break up from that and to be able to just kind of have a refreshing start, especially on turf and being able to kind of really get ready for the postseason and just ha- I mean that just really good start, especially like you said, Brandon, being able to score early and kind of break up that little like lull of goal scoring that we've been in for the past couple of times really going to be solid especially when we go to play Saginaw Valley and Allendale that one's going to be tough because I mean we had that 0-0 draw against them they've been a pretty tough team they're they're really solid they're a lot better than what their record shows um so I'm just really excited for what they're going to be able to do especially I mean it's going to be on sort of neutral ground at Grand Valley but regardless I'm pretty excited for it yeah and, for sure. and to your point Joe too about you know the little lull that they had in scoring yeah. uh this team's always been good defensively at least for the past yeah. two years like last year i think they went what six games without giving up a goal or, or something six crazy or like that or something like that um, they it was went a pretty, pretty long streak mm-hmm. and this year even in their their ties and their losses like they were only one two goal games um so it was nice to see the offense bounce back and yeah. put, put a five spot up yeah. yeah that was that was the one thing too like when i first got there because i had me and brandon had our class get what, is, what did you say canceled or just like 
I don't know what you described. Whatever that sure, was. Cut short. But anyways, we, we, we ended up going to the game to go help out to, or to see if the athletics needed any help with that. But I got there and it was like 4-0 and I was like, dang, like we're kind of picking up a little bit. Yeah. I was kind of more expecting like a one or two two goal lead going into halftime, but we were able to get three and then put up two more in the second half. So that was pretty, pretty solid to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great win going into the semifinals <clears throat> and we're going to be playing Saginaw Valley State. Um, going to be at GV, I believe, yes, since they are the regional number one as of now. That'll be on Friday, 7.30 kickoff. A little bit of a night game. Really interesting Under how lights. they played wow. that. But yeah, that is a good point. It should be fun. And we have played good there in the past. Yes, boy. Yep. Should have beat GV at their place. But anyway, mm-hmm. we won't go to that. Uh, anyway, going over into volleyball, uh, postseason is starting up very, very soon. But we got one last game on Saturday at Davenport in the, to finish out the regular season. And it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a good one. I mean, we've already seen this team before. I believe earlier in the year we got a three nothing win back in September. So. Uh, really just looking to really same thing as soccer tune-up game really fine or actually what's the word i should say fine-tune the game plan work out the kinks a little bit yeah put the strategies in rust off yeah maybe try some try some different looks see what you can do um not give everything away but just you know some little golden nuggets but um this game should be should be routine for us i mean there's after the way that these girls are playing there should be no reason that we mm-hmm. should see an l here but i mean obviously you don't want to have the broadcasters jinx so yeah knock um, on wood real quick yep thank you joe um but yeah gonna be gonna be a fun one i mean we're gonna see what the draw looks like i know we're up high in the table but i mean there is a pretty pivotal game wayne state gonna be playing um i believe yeah they're gonna be playing michigan tech oh, this geez. week so that one's gonna really could shake up the standings if tech can pull off the upset so we're going to be watching that game, too, because, I mean, we've done our part. We've won out to really hold mm-hmm. our spot there at number three. So we're going to see how those teams do. And I mean, if Wayne State wins, I think that's going to be a three-way tie. for If we win and if Wayne State wins, then that'll be a three-share of the regular season GLIAC. Yep, exactly. And then the Which standings get even more interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's an impressive, too, because I'm pretty sure they, they're closing the season on a four-game road streak. Five. five, five, yeah. Because I know they had a lot of home games there towards the the yeah, latter half they had of like the a season. Six, one, I don't know. Yeah, because I remember I had to work like yeah six in they, a row. Or they something were like pretty. That. They were pretty packed at home there for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, so to go on the road to close your season for five games in a row is is tough. But mm-hmm. to win them all, that's that's impressive. Yeah, Obviously, assuming impressive. they get the Davenport win. Yeah, and if we get the Davenport win, we should be able to get the quarterfinal at home because I think we'll probably play one of the lower. Probably either like Lake Superior, like Northwood, yep. or something like that. So not gonna be too bad, but hopefully we'll be able to get the bid to get the to get the first game uh, at home at least, and maybe we'll get the second. But I think the third will probably be either like Tech or Wayne State, one of the two. Yeah, and then based off that, we could see regionals. Like well, that's gonna be interesting how that shakes up because For I mean sure. we just talked. I mean Brody, you just mentioned postseason. Like postseason, we've seen this before. Teams are every team's O and O. And we've seen some teams that really embrace that more than others. So yeah, for sure. We yep. see other teams show up, and that can really put a damper. I mean, we saw GV in soccer yesterday only win 2 nothing against Parkside. That should have been a blowout. That should have been a mercy rule kind of a game. And mm-hmm. it was only 2-0, so they played really well. So you never know what in those things. You go in, it's a nameless faces opponent, which I know... Coach Tia and that volleyball team does really well. Don't look at the the records. Don't look at the stats. Um, that's our job, I guess, for for us. But um, I mean, should be a really it should be a good game for us. And I mean, we're just looking towards the Gleak tournament for sure. 
a lot of successful uh, sports here at Ferris, which is nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It keeps life it's interesting, a, for a, sure. It's a good thing for us, especially yeah. since I think, I mean, the four four years or so that we're going to be here, we're, I don't really see that any of these sports are going to be lacking anytime soon. Mm-mm. Basketball no. should be picking up, especially women's basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, got high hopes for them this year. Men's men's as well, but you know, lost a few key pieces. We'll have to see what, what mm-hmm. Coach Bronx can do there. Should be another good team, though. And speaking of basketball, of what, a, what a transition. Speaking of basketball. They play Ohio Dominican this Friday, and then Sunday they're going to be playing Jury, both at home, so opening up Wink Arena for the season, starting it up. I mean, they had the two uh, Division One uh, scrimmages, or I guess scrimmages, exhibitions, one of the two against Xavier and Michigan State. Both l- losses, but no big deal. We'll be able to bounce back. But I'm pretty excited being able to, it'll be my first basketball game that I'm working. Whoop, whoop. I mean, you're going to be back. I mean, it's going to be nice for you, Brandon, because you worked out throughout the whole like COVID thing, so yeah. there was like, nobody in the stands. So. No fans yeah, opening, is opening boring. Last year was really weird. I covered a couple basketball games, and it was just not the I same. Hated it. Yeah. I hated every That's what I'm looking it. forward yeah. to, too, being able to get uh, you know wink packed again and being able to get a lot of people around because you know it's a little bit small of a venue but when you get people in there it gets packed up it gets loud pretty quick so oh, for sure yeah i mean when you're t- when like going back to the regionals and the when we made our natty run like that gym was packed yeah, i remember being in one of those games it was absolute ruckus in there so getting it back to that is obviously the goal but it starts with these big games i mean in i mean big games is kind of like an understatement right but they are big games this is how you start your season this is yeah. this is where you put the benchmark to start the year and these teams that are looking national championship bound regional championship bound are looking at these games like yep this is this is this first step like we're going to put the pedal to the metal we're not just going to look at this oh and there these are small schools like we should be able to roll no 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 this is a nameless faceless opponent i'm seeing a college, games. yeah it's it's crucial to get these games and start on the right stretch especially for like the biggest two things that i've seen out of the the first two exhibitions was struggled shooting the basketball struggles holding on to the basketball Mm-hmm. Those two things should be a lot easier to do at home based on the feel of the gym. You know where you are. You've yeah. been there a hundred times so far. Too, you know? Yep. And home home basketballs are a very like pivotal it's a, it's part. A under, it's a it's a very underrated like factor that goes into basketballs because like especially like in high school like yeah everybody like especially for Michigan because you have like the MHSAA balls yep. but just like the yep. ones that you practice with and the ones that you shoot with every day are just a little bit different mm-hmm. you know, you it's got a comfort a thing like, yeah. a, like a familiar thing yeah because you know you'll be able to have it on your hands like you've shot with these balls like you know hundreds of thousands of times already throughout the you know through before the season even starts throughout the season so that's like a big thing that I'm pretty excited for too is being able to have just that much more familiarity when we hop into Wink so yeah it's going to be fun and I mean this team's got a a lot different look I mean we've got some new guys in some graduate guys out so I mean this team looks a lot different we got some grad transfers so Mm -hmm. I mean we're looking at the this team as more experienced now than we're expecting six months ago like right. we weren't going to see this same team we we're expecting to be a lot younger and now we got some but we're not newer that's the different part we've got guys coming in from other places i know obviously we have lee higgins who came from university of illinois springfield so and he's played a pivotal role so far he's gotten a lot of minutes so seeing those guys how they're going to be able to play in their home in the home gym for the first time is going to be a fun experience and just being able to be there is going to be a blessing because for sure it's going to be fun but um women's will also be playing i believe they're going to be down in detroit Detroit? Is that They're going to be playing. I yeah, just I had this pulled like up, the, too. It's like a conference crossover tournament yeah, it's thing. Uh, the conference crossover tournament. They're going to be playing Walsh, and then they're going to be playing Lake Erie. And yes. they're, they're not going to be opening up at home until November 23 against Earthline. They're going to be at a couple more, couple more tournaments. They're going to be down in Lewis uh, on 
next Wednesday. But yeah, against Ursuline and Grace Christian, they're going to be opening up uh, that week. Uh, and then before Gliak play starts. so Yeah, I mean, and that team's bringing back almost really everybody from yeah. that team. I mean, Mallory yep. McCartney's back. Hayden Blanchard, obviously, was a freshman last year. And, I mean, Chloe Adoni should be back as well, and she was a pivotal piece um, on that team two, two, two years ago. So, um, I mean, you having all these pieces back, and you have a lot of great complementary pieces on this team. It's starting to come together. Um, I mean, we're really hoping that we can see the team that um, really t- made a huge GLAC run a few years back and really kind of get together and really play well. And we were hoping to see that because, I mean, last year we played really well for being such a young team. Oh, yeah, I yeah. mean, it, we were, it was really Plus with the injuries hard. they had, too, it was, yeah. it was tough. It I was think, brutal. I think uh, Adrian's back this year, too, isn't yes, she? Yes, she is. She's back. That's, that's a big one. That's mm-hmm. huge for, for the women's team, for yeah. sure. I mean, having all these pivotal players back and i mean like samantha kraus staying for a graduate year yep. like this is a really good team and we're really expecting some good things and we're wishing them nothing but the best so gonna be fun to see and we're really excited for this team and i guess we're just gonna have to wait till the 23rd to watch them at home yep. that's lame yeah that's gonna be I a have, tough part that's mean we, we got sh- a little bit of taste of men's basketball though seeing yeah, them we'll, against some yeah. division one opponents so once we see i think this weekend and you know we can see how they perform at least we'll We'll have a basis to go off of as to how good they're going to be this year, but like we like you said, high expectations for the women's team as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's going to be fun. But um, wrapping up the sports report, cross country finished up at regionals. I know we kind of talked about it with Harrison um, on Tuesday. If you didn't, by the way, check out that episode. Please go Pretty down solid. the feed. It was one of our favorite episodes that we've ever done. We we love talking with Harrison. We appreciate him being on the show. But um, we did very well. Nineteenth overall um, for the men's squad, the women's squad. Twenty second overall for the men's squad in a huge field. So. Um, I mean, we it was really a fun course. It was a fun trip, um, as I mentioned on Tuesday. But um, had some key key runners step up, and that was really huge. Sydney Kubiak was 75th, Callie Delaney 104th, Katrina Drosky 108th, Hannah Brock 124, and Daisy England 125th to round out the women's top five. And then Melina Strauss and Diana Candle also did a great job. Um, and then for the men, Donis Harris was, um, I believe, in the 50s range. 57th is the is the official mark. Noah Griffith was 89th, and Kevin Wilson 128th. Big performances from them. Then Dan Hardesty and Casey Bowman. I know you guys didn't hear my name on there. I know. I'm aware. Hate to see it. It's been a rough season. It really has. <laughs> Hate to see it. I've not been 100% all year, and that's fine. Um, the bounce back will be good. I'm looking forward the to that. Yep. Off-season. So, Off-season yeah. recu- recuperation. Yeah, and I know like there's been some struggles as far as... I mean, I know personally it really attributed to going on quarantine for those two weeks because I know once I came back from that, uh, I wasn't feeling the same. And it, no, I did not have COVID. Don't freak out right now. And I can't give it to you we over had the a phone. Little, we so. had a little scary, though. <laughs> yeah, little it was scary. very scary. But um, ever since then, like the next two races, you could like, you know, I mean, I could just tell it wasn't the same. So got a little bit of that feeling back from conference, but then this one was pretty much the same. So I mean, really, just I just needed that break, so mm-hmm. I'm gonna be looking forward to get it. And I'm not gonna make excuses. So our guys did really well, and they stepped up, and I really appreciate them because I mean, I really underperformed this this season. So, but any, anywhere but up, anywhere yeah, but that's right. right. Indoor Wait, coming up anywhere too. Anywhere but right. down, right? Anywhere but down. All nowhere to go. We're going, going you mean nothing. nowhere nowhere to go but up. Thank that's you. That's what, what I was trying to, trying to spit out here. Yeah. But gonna be a fun indoor yeah. season. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Um, so I'm actually are gonna be starting in December. So we might have Jeez. coverage for that before break. There so you hey, go. there you go. Dang. But when we come back, college football and NFL rankings debate. Oh, we're gonna get heated on this one. Stay tuned.
And we're back from our quick break, so we're going to hop right into some NFL talk. Boys, a big thing on everybody's mind, every NFL fan's mind, is where Odell's going to go. There's a little bit of a conversation of what's going on there in Cleveland, some some trade rumor talk, some free agency type stuff. So where do you guys think Odell's going to go uh, when it comes to... Oh man, that's that's tough because so it clears waivers. Obviously, he can yeah. sign wherever he chooses. I think his top three choices are uh, New Orleans, Green Bay, and the Chiefs. Yes, those um, are the three as of now, which kind of stinks because we had we yeah. two submissions in for our um, for um, where did Odell, where's Aldo, Odell gonna go? I uh, couldn't talk there for a second, and one of them was the Chargers, and one of them was the Cowboys. So oh, I'm sorry Oof. to you two fans; those ones Oof. got eliminated, but. Hey, um, I was surprised Seattle wasn't on that list. A little bit, yeah. yeah, yeah I kind was a little of. surprised. I was too. I like that idea. The fact of him, I know he's not going to get the volume that he likes, and that's really all he wants in this yeah, situation, to be targets, on a winning team basically. that gets targets. Contender yeah. with room for targets, yep. Yep, and, that's, and Seattle just doesn't quite, I mean, yeah. DK and Lockett are going to still get targets. So yeah, yeah that's, exactly. that's kind of a, I mean, that's You can a, kind of see how that goes. That's like a tough thing to ask for, though, especially like if you want to get targets, but you also want to be on a contending team. Like mm-hmm. If it's contending already, they have the pieces. They're going to have good players there. Coming in, so. The one team on that list, though, that kind of fits both the things he wants is the Saints. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if if you think about the Saints, you know, the guy that gets the most targets is arguably Kamara. Yeah. Um, and their receiving core is not the strongest, so no, it makes no the most MT. sense for them. Obviously, they're not the strongest Super Bowl contender, yeah. contender like the Chiefs or the Packers. Contender nonetheless, though. Yep. Um, but they're still, right now, they'd be a wild card team. Um, and they Michael Thomas done for the year, so he'd be instant wide receiver one. Yeah, and I'm so glad that we get to discuss this too, as you are a Saints fan, Brody. If you had, so we'll say after tomorrow, Saints sign him for vet men. Is that time to move on from Michael Thomas now that you have Odell? No, um, because okay. I think they can play very different roles from each other. Okay. Uh, Michael Thomas is obviously the slant master. Sure. Uh, underneath guy, move the chains type of guy. I think Beckham gives them some sort of um, field stretching, big play ability that they don't really have on their team right now. I think the best option they'd have for that is Marquez Callaway, and he's just not an Odell Beckham. You know? Sure, yeah. Um, so I think they'd work in tandem really well. And then you pair him with Kamara, and now they have Ingram as well. That, you know, you're looking at a little bit different style offense there. Oh, yeah, for sure. The one thing that concerns me about the Saints um, as far as long term is if, like, Michael Thomas and Odell would fight for targets, but I mean, theoretically, it's only. T- I mean, he, he it'd be a different argument than if we're talking Seattle. That's a, it's a different argument. Right. Yeah. So, but I think that I mean, he said he wants to go to Green Bay, and I understand that it fits. But I mean, that's kind of a similar situation. They have they have their number one guy, Devontae Adams, there, and obviously Aaron Rodgers loves Devontae Adams. So how he'd fit in there? I mean, he's not going to get as amplified of a role. Like you would probably you could probably argue that like he might get more targets with Kansas City than he would in Green Bay. But I feel like yeah. he would rather play with Aaron Rodgers, and that's what he. Mm-hmm was apparently trying to do a couple years ago. I didn't know about this, but apparently he was trying to get there before the Browns deal was done. So hmm. I don't know how that situation can break out, but I know Green Bay said they would give him the vet men. So really now it's a bidding war between the other two teams because I think if he if no one else wants to offer, he's going to be a Packer. Yeah, I think pa- Green Bay is definitely the most likely destination. I, I, I think Kansas City is okay with the team they have right now. Yeah. Um, with, you know, Hill and, and Kelsey and uh, some other receivers are playing pretty well as well. Uh, Mikael Hardman yep. having a pretty decent season. Byron Pringle, those guys. Yep. Yeah. And the Saints simply just don't have the money to get into a bidding war. You know, and then yep. if, if they sign him to the vet men and then he ends up playing really well and they got to pay him more, that's just going to be a, he's there for the rest bet, of the yeah. season and done. So there's no point anyways. I think Green Bay is certainly the most likely destination. Yeah, unfortunately. 
Yep. Mm-hmm. It's a bummer. Yep. I'm wearing my Lions sweatshirt today because they're going to win on Sunday. Okay, hold on. We'll so not you're, get all, you're all lined with that one. <laughs> yeah, you we're not, we're not getting that far. Yeah, we'll get to those games. But game-by-game game predictions really quick. Um, starting on Thursday night, Baltimore against Miami. Any reason that we should say Dolphins? Roll Tide. Two, no. <laughs> <laughs> Ravens. Ravens by like 10. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say Ravens by 14. Uh, yeah. Buffalo. Ooh, this one now is a little more intriguing Mike after White. last week. Going to be facing Mike White off of a 9-6 to six loss at Jacksonville. Buffalo by 13. Yeah. Mike White's coming back. in hot. Josh Allen. It's a good win. Josh no. Allen's not having two oh, no. bad games. Josh, yeah, Josh Allen. Yeah, has not Bulls really by double digits. Yeah, yeah. he's never really had two two bad games in a row. Nope. Yeah. I don't think. I said Buffalo by thirty last week. I think I got ahead of myself. Buffalo by seventeen this week. There I'll dial yeah. back a there little bit. Uh, Tampa Bay against Washington. Tom Brady gets it done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna agree with that. I'm gonna I'm gonna say by. I think this could be by ten. Yeah, I'd say seven ten range, one score game. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Washington keeps it close. Okay, uh, Atlanta fresh off a big win. Um, they're going to be taking on Dallas at Dallas. Atlanta How by about three. Them? <laughs> <laughs> Pull a skip real quick. Okay, skip. Pull a skip. I'll go Cowboys. I'm going to say Cowboys by ten. I'm going to say Atlanta by three. Oh, that's a good one. I like that. I'm going to actually go Dallas by three, but I really like that pick there. On uh, New Orleans against Tennessee. Tennessee by ten. Oh, ouch. <laughs> uh, bending, bending against your own boys. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Dunking on his own for team. Sure. Well, the only reason I say that is because Kamara is rumored to have an injury. An injury. Be your own oh, if he's, be if your he's own totally guys. healthy, I would take the tit- the Titans by a little bit less. But right now, Titans is the best team in the NFL. It'd be your yeah, own fans. that's hard. It'd be your own fans that drive a knife in your back. <laughs> it will be. <laughs> it really is. is. Oh, man. That's tough. Because, you know, like Tennessee's one of those teams where, like, they're going to play amazing one week. They don't play as well the next that's week. That's true. So that's kind of hard for me. I got the Peterson now, though. Saints by three. I'm going over Brody's team. There Why you go. Not? Thank you. Appreciate I'll go Titans, it. and Adrian Peterson's going to pop off. Okay. Okay. That's fair. Uh, Jacksonville against the Colts. Yeah, Colts. Colts, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. not really a... I, don't I think Jacksonville's going to be too confident coming off that one against Buffalo. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor's going to run all over him. Lightning doesn't run strike... Or Lightning does not strike yeah. twice. I'm nope. going to say that Jonathan Taylor runs all over Jacksonville's front yeah, side. Yeah, I agree. Detroit against Pittsburgh. Go Lions, baby. Yes, Dan Campbell. I love it. The process is going to work. Dan, this is the game. He I know I lost said, faith. I know I said they're going to win like the last three weeks, but... If you look at all the rest of the games, I really didn't have a reason. Outside of the Eagles game, we should have beat the Eagles, but yeah. with the yeah, screw that game. The Pittsburgh Steelers is a team that we could beat because they're frankly going to either come out dead flat or they're going to come out red hot. So pretty much it's going to be we're going to win. It's whoever's going to win is going to win by ten. It's just frankly how Pittsburgh comes out. That's really all I see this game, and I'm going to be confident. Dan Campbell gets his first win against who less but the hardworking team of Pittsburgh. I'm saying like Lions by Lions by three. We're not losing by a field goal though. Uh, We're not losing by a field goal. We're this actually time. gonna win by a field goal for yeah, once. That'd be awesome. I think I'm gonna take the Lions in this game too. Heck yeah! yeah. Let's go. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Cleveland Browns against the Patriots. Rumored about the COVID issues with yeah. Cleveland. No more Odell. Is this too mm. much to concern to pick New England? I I li- I'm gonna go. I was thinking about Patriots anyways because I like Mac Jones. Yeah. All right. I think I think Patriots as well. Okay. Mm. Hey, Patriots. Why not? I'm going to say by seven. Uh, yeah. Minnesota against the Chargers. This one may seem a little more intriguing than I think it should be, right? Herbert's going off. Chargers by 10. Yeah. The Chargers haven't played that great. 
the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it's true, but Minnesota by three. Kirk Cousins is going to come in, come I out swinging. I really like that one too. I'm yeah, Minnesota by seven. That's the toughest. That's I think that's hard. the toughest game of the slate this weekend. That's hard. Yeah, I'm going to go Minnesota by seven. I never thought I'd say the that. Michigan man, Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. <laughs> I'm, I mean, he is wearing his Michigan State that's true. shirt. That's true. So it does that's make true. sense. But Kirk Cousins, the greatest. Big Ten kickoff luncheon speech of all time. Okay. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Cardinals, the no longer undefeated Cardinals against Oof. the Panthers at Arizona. Uh, Cardinals. Cardinals. Cardinals, yeah. 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 Cardinals like 13. They looked really good last week, and they didn't even have Murray or Hopkins. So. Yep, I would agree with that. Broncos, fresh off a win against Dallas, against Philadelphia. Philly. Denver. I think I'm also going to go Philly. Denver think, by seven. I'm going to go Philly by seven. Philly by 10. Wow, you are really <laughs> feeling it. Okay. Packers against Seahawks. The winner gets Odell. The winner gets Odell. <laughs> that's what I want it to be. <laughs> oh, man. That's tough because Russell Wilson said he's coming back this exactly. week. Exactly. Also, Chris Carson designated to return from IR exactly. today. Exactly. Is this the primetime game? This is not the primetime game. Four twenty five. It's probably be, the though. game of the week then. Yeah, 425. Uh, oh, boy. We go Packers by. Five. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to say Packers as well. Ooh. But it's a close game. It's I definitely a close if game. If they leave Aaron Rodgers any time on the clock, then they'll lose. But it could, it's going to be close regardless. But if Packers get the ball on the final drive, they're going to win. Yeah. If Aaron Rodgers plays, I'm taking the Packers. But if he's not playing, I'm taking the Seahawks. That's, that's true. true. He he does have the problem. A lot of question marks around that game for sure. Yeah, based off if, of what if I've Rogers heard. If Rodgers is playing, Packers will win. Yeah, but if based he's off not, of what I've heard, yep. is he's going to play. And there's not 100% certainty that Chris Carson's going to play. So about based whole, off of that, I'm going to pick the. Packers by three. Yeah, but the whole situation is just a whole cluster. If he doesn't play and Carson Seahawks. does play, I'll I think I think it. Russell Wilson is the safest bet of those three guys that yeah. to play. Yes. Like I think Russell Wilson for sure will be back this week. Mm-hmm. Uh Rogers ninety percent will Carson more fifty fifty. Yeah, one hundred percent. Uh prime time game. <laughs> Ready for this? Chiefs and Raiders. <sighs> Raiders. Ooh. Raiders. Raiders. I can't. I'm going Chiefs by Ra- 10. Raiders had the Chiefs number last year. I think the, with the way Derek Carr's throwing the ball this year, it's going to continue. Yeah. I don't know. That's no, Raiders don't have... Oh, I'm not going to say that, but R- Chiefs. Yeah, I go Chiefs. <laughs> I go Chiefs. <laughs> I know where you're going there. Okay. Good choice. Uh, I go Chiefs. Finally, Monday Night Football, Rams at 49ers. Rams. 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 Rams by 13. Yeah. Ooh. That's... 14. I don't know, dude. It's yeah, because what, Jimmy Garoppolo is starting? I don't know. He's got Von Miller and... Hey, fun fact. And Aaron Donald Miller will be out. playing this week, it sounds yeah. like. Yes. Von Miller and Aaron Donald coming at him. And then he also has Jalen Ramsey going to be yeah, locking Ramsey up Yeah, Ramsey locks best. up Debo. They got... Sean McFay's a genius. He can yeah. take care of George Kittle. Like, and, yeah. and then they got you know Cooper Cup, who's insane right now. And yeah. then they got Matt Stafford, who's just feeding him the Fr- ball. Frankly, so. I don't think this game's close, no. honestly. I can't see it being Two scores. Close. Two scores at least. Two yeah. scores. Okay, so you said 13. I'll yeah. say... I'll play the classic uh, Price is Right. I'll go 14. Nice. If you say 15, I'm going to be mad. <laughs> say it. 15. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Perfect. But That's it. Yes. Um, go I, I'm going to think, I think the Sunday night game going to be one of the best of the slate um, between Kansas City and the Raiders. Uh, and then, 
Oh, uh, Minnesota Chargers, I think, will also be Minnesota a game to watch. Minnesota Chargers, I could see being a good game. I also like the intrigue with the Packers and the Seahawks as well. Are we going to have a watch party at Sports Careers on Monday for the game? <laughs> uh, we should, as always. Yep. That was fun. The only thing is the Steelers aren't playing, and that's primarily when, or the Packers are playing. That's primarily the two when it happens. Yeah, true. true. We have a lot of Packers and Steelers fans for being in for the middle of Michigan. Reason. Yeah, for some, for some reason. Very strange. Yes, I'm talking to you, Brendan Sanders. No, just kidding. Yeah. Um, but those are our picks. Make sure you can follow those and see how we do. Hey, we didn't do bad last week, so hopefully we don't do too bad next week. So or and this week as well. So make sure you follow those and make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the MVSP to find out more. But to end this football centered episode, we're talking college football now, and I mean the I mean the playoff rankings are just out of whack, Joe. Are they not? Yeah committee messed up i don't like this at all and we're talking of course the week 11 college football playoff rankings and i mean right now looking at some of the teams georgia should be number one that's a given fact uh alabama two yeah that's fair uh oregon at three ohio state at four this is okay i i don't truly have a problem with this but i'm going to tell you why i do have a problem with this in here just a bit cincinnati at five michigan at six that's university of michigan Wait, which one is this one out? This is the college football playoff one. Okay. Yes. So, and then Michigan State is at seven. We'll get into that in a minute. Oklahoma at eight. Notre Dame at nine. Oklahoma State at ten. Followed by AM, Wake Forest, Baylor, BYU, Mississippi, NC State, Auburn, Wisconsin, Purdue, Iowa, Pittsburgh, San Diego, UTSA, Utah, Arkansas. Those are the top 25. Here's where I have my main issue, Joe, and of course you can ty- chime in and what your thoughts are. The committee has no consistency. No. This is why. They never have. This is the biggest issue with this whole ranking system. I understand they want to do a difference, and they want to make it different than the AP, different than the coaches poll. I get it. But at least have a doggone darn identity already. You've done this already for how many years? How many years has it been? Like seven? And you're telling me that you have Oregon over Ohio State, and you don't have Michigan State over Michigan? Yeah, this is the, like this is okay. So I heard this argument on um, on the get up this morning, I believe it was, or maybe it was College Football Live or something. Somebody was saying that Michigan's a really good team. That theoretically they're better than Michigan State. I'm like, okay, that's a that's a fair argument. In that case, if you're going to do that, Ohio State should be ahead of Oregon because yeah. Ohio State is a better team than it's Oregon. Is a way better team, much better team than Oregon. I know Oregon beat Ohio State, so then. That should make Michigan State over Michigan. That's why you're getting arguments from this left and right, because there's no consistency. We don't know what the main biggest factor of the rankings is. What the heck is this rankings, dude? Like, I understand a lot of the other picks, and I, I agree with them, but if I'm just saying there has to be consistency on matchups, RPI, API. There has to be something, and I don't see anything Regarding this, and oh, by the way, I saw somebody post on Twitter um, a piece about uh, the prediction for the first ranking to come out, and they were, they said, and I remember this like so perfectly, they said, they're going to sneak Iowa and Purdue into the top 25, so then Ohio State has two ranked wins going into the end of the season against Michigan so that they can make the playoff. And what do you know? Yeah. They were all on there That's in the 20 to 25 range. That's the really annoying part about this is, like, I've I've seen Purdue play, and Purdue is a solid team, 
but they're not a 19 team. They should be at like you know maybe low mid low 20s, probably 23 or 24. Mm-hmm. I'd say, but then they're also better than San Diego State and like UTSA and stuff like that. Yeah, but just the way that they've they've maneuvered it, just so that way they can like make their picks creditable and they can make their picks have some sort of like actual you know reasoning behind them because like you said Oregon should not be ahead of Ohio State because they'll just get rolled by Alabama in the playoffs when they play them if like the playoffs started today and I think Georgia and Ohio State is a much better matchup than like I don't know I feel like they always just try to make it so way Alabama just has some easy wins to get through because Personally, I think Cincinnati should be in there over Oregon because I think if you had Cincinnati and Oregon play heads up, they would be Cincinnati would come out on top. But that's just what they always do. They try to have just the same three teams, then one team just have like a kind of cycle through because they never really put those guys in there. I mean, Cincinnati should be four. That's my opinion because mm-hmm. they're nine and zero and they've had a. Pr- I mean, they've been able to show out and show up and get wins. And I mean, people have been saying like, oh, they almost lost to an unranked team like by like three or, or they only beat them by like three or four or something like that i can't remember the actual team but then like if you say that then like well alabama has an unranked loss or on yeah a loss against an unranked team so why should they be there but then they just toss it in texas a.m at 11 now when they're seven and two i don't know why they i don't know the whole the whole situation where they just try to justify this and then they just move these teams to just i feel like they just put it in there like you said put it in there put teams in there at certain spots just so that way they can justify like why they put those teams uh, where they're at in the playoff, which yes. makes no sense. I hate, I don't know. I feel like I could put a way better college football playoff than <laughs> this. Comment below. Should we make our own college football playoff rankings? Because that'd be kind of fun. Mm-hmm. But So I, I look at some of the college football playoff rankings and I'm like kind of comparing them, which um, I believe, um, yes, I'm sorry. I use Microsoft Bing. Sue me, whatever. Wow. But I'm using it for this reason because you can actually see when you look up like the NCAA football top 25s, you can look at all three of them together and you can like scroll back and forth on these different tabs. So it's really cool. Anyway, I'm looking at them right now. Coach's poll right now has Cincinnati at three, Oklahoma at four, Ohio State, Oregon, Notre Dame, Michigan, Michigan State, which, by the way, Notre Dame shouldn't be in the top 10 of that list. Yeah, I said it. Um, and then you look at the AP, and then you have Alabama, Oklahoma, Oregon. This is starting at three, of course. Alabama, yeah. Oklahoma, Oregon, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Michigan State, Michigan. The funniest part of this is AP has a matchup dominant. They have Oregon over Ohio State and Michigan State over Michigan. Okay. Yeah. Coaches has the overall play of the teams, Ohio State over Oregon, and then Michigan over Michigan State. Mm -hmm. The college football playoff is pretty much putting them together. So my question is, how really, what is this playoff rankings based off of? Is it off of analytical numbers? Because I'd love to look at the numbers. Because I want to figure out what the main factor of these rankings is. Because it's so confusing. We looked at it last week and we asked the same thing. It doesn't make full sense. Is it just a mashup of both of them with some analytics put in that goes in with RPI a little bit higher or strength of schedule a little bit higher or past historical? I don't know. That's what I want to know because the fact is, like, first of all, like, the fact that they have Notre Dame lower is a good thing. That's good. And Oklahoma's lower. That shows me that they have a, a little bit of a better quality of play emphasis. 
But then again, you also have Oregon over Ohio State. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's too much of a mixture. There's so it's much. Like every team is there's different so many, Yeah, there's so many that, like, yeah, like you just said, there's, like, there's not a set, like, criteria that exactly. makes it so that way. It's like, we're going to follow this, and if you meet it, then you're in the top 25. Like, Alabama, they've had a pretty soft schedule so far, except for Texas A&M. But, like, Texas A&M, in my opinion, shouldn't be at 11. They should be farther down. But then you look at Georgia, and they've just been rolling everybody. They haven't had a very strong schedule yet so far. But they're at number one because they've just been rolling everybody. But then it's like, if you look, then like you look at it, and just like Oregon hasn't really had a super tough schedule. Then they just got beat by Stanford, was it right? But then how uh, are they? Yeah. How are they three? Because yes. Stanford was unranked in the college football playoff. How are they number mm. three? Because they're un- it's an unranked loss, but they're treating it like Alabama when they're not an Alabama type team. Hmm. But then Michigan lo- loses to Michigan State, who was five or four or whatever it was at, or what was it, six, eight? I can't remember. It was so six many, so many numbers we're talking about right now. Six, six <laughs> yeah. against eight. We lose against a top ten team, and we stay at six. But it's like, if we're there, then we should be above Oregon because our losses to an actual national title contending team, who, I mean, now they probably are not going to be able to make the playoffs, but at the time still had a chance to make the playoffs. But then you toss an Oregon in there, and it makes no sense. And then you have Cincinnati at five when they should be in the top four. And I don't know. It's just so jumbled. And like I said, they don't have a – their criteria that they have is not universal. It's more of a pick and choose, and you can't have that when you're running a college football playoff and when you're making it so that way all these uh, rankings really like control what they're going to be able to do for who gets into the playoff. And that just is one thing that just irks me to all get out because I they are so – wishy-washy about what they actually put in for this criteria it makes no sense yeah and i mean i I mean we looked into what these rankings are about and i mean read about them and i know they have there's an emphasis on when you have won championships in the past which brings in the historical aspect which is why we see some of the top three teams in there every stinking year Mm -hmm. which i don't have i don't i mean it makes it sound like i have a problem with that i don't have a problem with that if they're top four teams if you're putting oklahoma in there that's a problem because they're not a top four team right now. That yeah. is fully off of historical, which now is not the case. The the biggest part of it is, like, we're looking at some of these, like, they, they talked about some of these teams, and they had, they said that there was, they had, well, who were they talking, they were talking about Oregon, they had the win against Washington, and, and they were quoted the, the weather, they quoted the weather in there, in, in, in the analysis of part of the, why they ranked them up there. And I was like, wait, now what is, now what's the emphasis on? Is it the quality yeah, of wins? It? Because now, and then the quality of losses? Because now you have a contra- now you have a contrarian arg- argument on why now Oregon's in the, or now why Oregon's in the top and why Michigan State's not up there. Because Oregon had a worse loss than Michigan State did. Yeah, it makes sense. And Michigan sense. and Ohio State lost to Oregon. And then Cincinnati should be up there. Like, you know? I don't understand. It's like there's so many. If there's so much emphasis on so many different things, we're not getting a clear criteria. I love the word they use, criteria, because that's what we're looking for. We just want to know what the criteria is, and that the fact that there's a historical aspect is why we're going to see three or two, to at least two of the top four teams that we mention every year in Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma. Good thing two of them aren't playing as well, so we might actually yeah. see some new teams. But the fact is, with that in place. That's still going to make it. Cincinnati's not going to get in at that point. They're not going to ever have a chance. Why do they even compete? Sayonara, see you later. Conference USA title, and you, that's your season. And maybe a bowl. 
Yeah, that's I, what it is. That's like the stupid. Th- I don't know. It's just like I guarantee they don't have anything written down and they don't have a set like base of it. Because if they did, then they, we'd see actual consistency throughout week to week of like how they move these teams around and how they're able to put them in the top 25. But that's the thing. They're not going to show anything because they don't actually have that. And if they did, then they'd actually release it to the public and show, like, here's our criteria. You can judge it based off that, but this is our top 25 and just by going off of this. But they actually don't have anything because they're not really having any consistency. And that's the one thing that I know a lot of people are very annoyed about. That's why I'm annoyed about because you just toss and don't really deserve to be where they're at. They deserve to be at a, a couple of spots lower, but then they just toss it in there because, like you said, Brandon, they add like the weather into a fact of it. They add the history of the football program into the fact of it. They add, oh, well, this unranked team now is a ranked team just by some – uh, just by some way of it happening, and I don't know. It's just very annoying to see how they put these teams there. Because I know like teams like Texas A&M are there just because of you know their history. They're at eleven because of their history. You got teams like Notre Dame, who I think should be a little bit lower, that are there just because of their history and stuff like that. But I don't know. It's more just an annoying thing because I just I've said it. I mean, I'm beating a dead horse here, but they just have no consistency, and that's the one thing I would like to see from this committee being able to have it because if if it's going to be like this where it's just going to be a roller coaster and it's going to be teeter-totter every week of what teams go in and you're really just not going to have any consistency going into the last week of regular season of football then it's just going to be annoying when you get those teams like it's because it's going to be georgia alabama somehow oklahoma is going to squeak into the playoffs and it's going to be a team like oregon or like ohio state or something like that it's going to be the same teams every year like it always is that's why i'm excited for next year when it's eight teams because we're actually going to see some type of disparity and some type of change up of what teams are going to be in there and some type of like diversity of what teams will be able to compete for the national championship yeah so when you look at the like the playoffs website and they have like those metrics that they want to use and first of all that they say that it's they use a wide variety of metrics. No wide way. Wide variety to choose how we no way. decipher That's what, what we've been wondering be the last seven years is put them together. Anyway, I mean, I don't hate the idea of the college football playoff rankings. I'm kind of glad that they kind of came up with this system. I just want them to have like a solid system. So here's what they, they consider when teams are quote-unquote comparable. Good teams together. Championships won. Okay. Strength of schedule. Fair. Head-to-head competition if it occurred. Yes. Yeah. Comparative outcomes of common opponents. So, what you're tell which one is the most important? Because you can't just jump from one to the other, because that's now going to break some some disparity. And that's what we've had every single year we've put these playoffs together. Why did Notre Dame make it one year? Why didn't they make it the next year when they played better? Like that sort of stuff. Yeah. And like the whole argument we had, the, like the what was that for the Cincinnati Notre Dame? And that's exactly the one I was just mentioning, wasn't it? Shoot, yeah, that that whole situation. And now you have like the most comparable yet, and we're seeing like I guess the biggest thing is I like they're putting all of it together, but at the end of the day, there's you would think that there would should be one that trumps all the others, right? Yeah, because that is where you have. The AP comes into play. It's mm-hmm. really the RPI levels. Then you have the coaches poll, which is voted on by the coaches. The coaches put in who's the best of those teams. Yeah. They, they all vote together. Where the college football playoff is a bunch of things scrambled together in an algorithm that creates the a list that's going to be debated every single week. 
because at the rate this is, there's people that are going to be talking about this all week, and I guarantee it's already on the airwaves and other college football playoff podcasts. Why is Oregon over Ohio State and Michigan over Michigan State? Does it make sense? If it does make sense, I would like to hear why it makes sense. But I haven't heard anything about it. So that's where I'm at on this. I hope it gets changed, and I hope something comes out of this that I can learn a little bit more about the college football playoff and how it's set up and how the algorithm is used. Because until then, I'm just going to be questioning until this thing is dis- or disassembled. We just, we just the word. as fans, we just want consistency. Thank you. That's all it is. We just want consistency. That's all. That's all we want. That's really all we want. Exactly. But thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure that you check out more episodes of the podcast. If you want to see more of them, make sure to check out in the feed below wherever you find your podcast, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, or all the other wonderful platforms we have. Make sure that you follow us at the MVSP on Instagram and Twitter. Make sure that you watch our stories, interact with our tweets, and make sure we can build this network so we can keep growing this podcast because we love putting out content for the fans like yourself. So make sure you do those things. Joe, anything to add? And big thanks to Brody for coming on. Absolutely. And also Tyler Miner yes. for the interview. Absolutely. Very much appreciate them taking their time out of their day to hop on the show. Without further ado, take care, everybody. <laughs>